Welcome to Fear the Walking Prequel, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Cobalt, which aired on September 27th, which was yesterday yep. for us. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was a little fun fact that I found out. What was it? Before Fear the Walking Dead got its official name, it was being referred to as Cobalt. That's hmm. what they called the show. At hmm. that point, it wasn't clear if it was just going to be like a placeholder name or if it actually had some significance. And uh, now they're doing it in the penultimate episode. Hmm. And I had to look up what penultimate meant. Do you hmm. know what penultimate meant? Penultimate? Uh, is, that like, <laughs> uh, is that like one of those uh, fruits with a lot of seeds that are little fruits inside? Like a pomegranate. That's a pomegranate. Yeah. No. Okay. no. I mean, second to last. Penultimate. Penultimate. I did hmm. not know that. I Penultimate. heard the word and I had to know. Hmm. So. You really do have a few notes, huh? I've got a page. It was funny because I really thought that was your the whole of your notes. Was your one little sentence my, you did? I've got 12 typewritten pages and well, you had... Don't give it away. It's my big moment. Okay. Okay. All right. You ready to get started? I'm ready to go. Okay. What What did you think of it overall? I liked it better. Did you like it better? I liked it better. Tell me why. Uh, they're finally getting somewhere. They're, okay. they're, they're uh, you know, and it wasn't. Um, I don't know. I, I just liked it better. Just the other one, just I didn't. I didn't care for it. Okay. Didn't like. It. I didn't like it. I was tired. Didn't like it. Okay. Just yeah. not enough to keep you awake. Yeah, it wasn't. It just it just didn't interest me. It just wasn't interesting. This one was a little more interesting okay. because it. Um. They were. Um, you know, starting to get distrustful of the army. You know, started realizing that everything wasn't okay. Everything wasn't wasn't going well, and uh, they started taking action. Especially the old man. I particularly liked him. You think they just did that this episode? I don't know. I I sense some distrust beginning to ferment in the last episode. Yeah, but they took their fate into their own hands more in this episode. Well, I know that I listen to um, Bald Moves podcast, mm. and I don't ever listen to anything until after we podcast, no matter how much I want to, but Jim Jones and Aaron Hubbard mm. do uh, a Fear the Walking Dead uh, podcast. They call it Fear the Watching Dead, I think is the name of theirs, mm. and I always recommend their podcast to anybody because... I'll have to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. They're pretty good. Anyway, they were a little annoyed at last week's episode two. Well, good. They're smart people. They've got <laughs> a lot going on together. Well. Great minds. And skipping all. forward the nine days, I don't think I realized how much that was that did annoy me until I heard them talk about it. Which is why I was glad we did ours before I listened to theirs. Because I don't like to be colored by it. But now that I've heard that, that skip... This is what we're doing this for. Not just to see zombies on the West Coast versus zombies on the East Coast, right? It's to see the beginning of this and how it happened day after day. And I think I, I, I wanted the whole nine days that they skipped to get into that. It was... Uh, yeah, no, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was um, uh, important subject matter, the, the, the nine days, because... The whole thing's the metamorphosis from from civilization to a post-apocalyptic civilization. Yeah. Yeah, which so, is yeah. what we're talking about. That's what the show is for. Yeah. It's not just another zombie show. 
it's a show to tell us what happened and how it started out. So why would they skip one minute of that? Yeah, transitioning into right. being a zombie show, right. So anyway, with all that said, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Okay. Oh, um, i got a fun fact about okay. Cobalt. Tell me. Cobalt is also a um, an automobile manufactured by Chevrolet. Chevrolet Cobalt. Did you know that? I did not. Oh, there you go. Do they still manufacture? They still manufacture. All right. In scene one, we got some guy, and he's talking to Doug, who's in a cage, and he's telling him that he left his family in the hands of strangers. Doug is. Yeah, Doug's he's taunting Dave. Doug. He's yeah. He's yeah, he's taunting Doug. He's he's screwing with his mind. Yeah, I didn't understand this guy at all until the very end. Did you? And I'm, not, I'm still not sure I totally understand him, but I think he could be interesting. He was looking for an ally, that's what I what I gathered. You thought? I didn't think he was looking for an ally at all. Yeah, he was looking for somebody that he could count on. Like, if he, if he hadn't broken down Doug, then he would have had his ally. But um, he found something, this is my take on it, he okay. found something that he liked in Nick. So he felt like Nick was worth the development, and obviously... Worth saving him from being taken downstairs to the basement. Yeah, I think he's he's looking for something in people, but I don't know if it's for an ally. I know he's looking for a strength. At this point, I know that, but I'm not sure if it's for... Well, more of an asset than an ally. Yeah. Doug is holding a picture of his family, and he's sobbing. Doug just lost it. Yeah. But the guy, I end up calling him the... Uh, I forget, I think I call him the negotiator later on because it seems like he's negotiating every little thing that's going on but um more like the manipulator manipulator is good too but he is asking about doug's wife maria did she keep herself in shape but doug falls to the ground sobbing and men come with a mask and take him away take him away uh the guy says he has no idea what came over him and then he moves on to nick yep so then we go into the opening sequence of mm -hmm. the show when we come back, Ophelia is yelling and throwing rocks at the National Guard, asking where her mother is and when someone else is going to step up and help her. She's also petitioning the people around her, hey, do you not see what's going on? Are y'all going to help me or are you going to stand with them? The guy who was her boyfriend in the last episode, he does step up and he, he runs in front of the guy who's been charged with handling her. Right. And we're not even sure what that meant, but you they know it was about nothing to, good. No, no, they're about to handle her pretty harshly. From yeah. What I got. But he says he'll handle it, and he walks inside to talk to to Ophelia. He wants to take her home, and she says she can't go back there. She's all tore up. And we find out a little bit later on that this might not have been his uh, most wise move or most self. Well, well at this point, they don't they, they don't expect any of the civilians to take any action. They've got them all. Well, the commander has even made a point. I didn't make a note of it, but did you hear when he said, I can do what I want, I have the guns, yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that, yeah. so yeah, they're, they're definitely feeling, but we also, we brought it up last week about how these guys are going to want to get to their family as well. Yes, and then the one guy and we see shows that you, yeah, now, starts playing out. That yeah. starts, yeah. yeah. More than one occasion. But the guy who was instructed to handle her once the boyfriend soldier takes over. He just says he can't do this anymore, and he starts to walk away. Right, yeah. And, and then they, the the other soldiers attack him. Yep. So mm -hmm. we're seeing some discord in both 
the people in the fence and the people guarding the fence. It's starting to crumble. Starting to fray. Yeah, the, sure. the, the fragile, the fragile natural order of things they've got going is starting to, yeah. Well, then we come back and Travis and Maddie are discussing what all needs to be done. Chris comes in and he's real sassy to Maddie and uh, talks to his dad about how his mom just left. Chris is really torn up that his mom just left. Travis says it's because she wants to help people. And Chris needs to hold it together now and go apologize to Maddie because he was out of line. And Chris tells him to go be with his family. And he walks out of the room. Travis tells Maddie to tell Chris when he comes back that he's gone to get his mom. So Travis is determined to go. And then Maddie points out, and Nick, too. Right. It's like she... Sure, Reminds yeah. him that her yeah. family is important too, yeah. not just don't forget about us. Right, not yeah. just his family. And she went willingly. Nick was taken. Right. Then we go back and uh, we see the place that they're in. This uh, I don't know if I got the name of it. Did you the holding center where they're taking people to hospital holding center or whatever it is? But then they call it headquarters or something. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And we see Liz stitching someone up. Dr. E comes in talking to Liz about the work they have to do, and we find out they've taken Griselda's foot. Yeah, I was unsure of the Army's role before this uh, episode, too, and it's it's a, a, a mission of containment. That's what that's what they're all about here. What do you mean? Well, I mean, that's why they're taking out the uh, people who, um, you know, are weak and sick and, you know, more likely to... to uh, Cause discord. Yeah, well, to, to, to have some kind of issue where they might turn and they might have, you know, of course they're going to plan on killing everybody anyway. So. What is their mission then? Uh, I mean, what's the point <clears throat> of all this? It's just out of their control well, at this point, do you think? Well, before you find out that they're going to kill everybody, no matter, you know, anyways, that um, you would think it would be one of containment. You know, they take away the weak, you know, people who are running the temperature and who they because so, they still people who they fear they, may die of they, any cause. They still don't know what makes people turn. They still don't know when people turn. Well, they know a bite does. But this is something that I'm a little bit <clears throat> I'm a little bit confused on because in The Walking Dead, I don't remember how long it took, and I really should look it up. But it took a while for them to find out that people turned even if they died of natural causes. And I don't right. understand why it would take this group a couple of seasons to figure that out. And these people have found out in nine days. Yeah, with a self-study and not all these uh, doctors and yeah. headquarter clinics set up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm a little un uneasy with the explanation of that. If I hadn't watched The Walking Dead, which is the sequel to this. Would you expect more zombies would be cruising around? I think they're all in that building. Well, not, I mean... From the city. Well, not all of them. I mean, they're still, you know, roaming around. I'm sure there's some zombies. Yeah, but I think that's where the majority... I don't think everybody's turned yet. I don't think it's like it is on The Walking Dead, where there's only a few people here and there. I think there's a bunch of people still that have not been bitten and have not died, obviously. A bunch of people that there's... They said that there was like nine containment areas, what, west of the San Gabriels or, or east yeah. or something. Anyway, and who knows how many are in those containment areas. I think the reason we're not seeing so many zombies out is because there's still a lot of 
alive people. And yep, I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm wondering how that's going to end up playing out. And maybe we'll see more in the next episode. Um, but we do find out that they've taken Griselda's foot. And we find out that Nick is fine, but there's no time for talking to any of them, is what Dr. A tells her, because she has work to do, right? Then we find where we go to Maddie, and she finds Susan's suicide note, and then she pilfers through her house, and she calls for Alicia, because there's, but there's no indication that Alicia was even there. I don't really know what made her even think that. Did you, when she goes in? But she hears a noise in the basement. She grabs a flashlight and heads downstairs. It's a slow, tense walk. The flashlight's going off and on, too. Really? Yep, turn around. I mean, yeah. Get a better flashlight. Yeah, let's find some batteries yeah. or something. Or a candle. Anything. Anything. Did she even have, she didn't even have a gun. Nope. With her. And she opens the door and she finds Hector and Ophelia with the guard bound and gagged. The one that walked, the boyfriend guard that walked Ophelia back home. And Hector tells her this is how they bring their family home. Mm -hmm. Then we have a commercial. And in this commercial, we find out that this year is the 35th anniversary of The Shining. So, if that doesn't make you feel old. That made me feel old. <laughs> I think we should watch it again, though. Well, I didn't go to the theater and see The Shining, so, you know, I don't feel old. And then we come back, and Maddie is giving the guard a drink of water and is assuring them that their family is fine, they're being evaluated and being treated and all that, and it wasn't right how it was handled, the guard says, but they'll be home soon. This is the guy that they've got in the chair yeah. now. right. And... Hector's stock went way up for me during this, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was pretty gruesome, to tell you the truth. I thought the whole thing, the whole thing kind of gruesome to me, but Ophelia asks where they are now, and he says he doesn't know. <clears throat> Upstairs, Maddie says that this isn't the way to handle this, and Maddie is saying that Travis is going to talk to the commander, and Hector says that they now have someone to trade, and Maddie says they're not going to trade anybody, but Hector says that the soldier knows things he's not telling them, and he knows where they took them and how many guards are at the place and that kind of thing. Information that they can use to get their loved ones back. Hector tells Maddie to go home and take Ophelia. She doesn't want the guy to get hurt, the, her boyfriend guard to get hurt. And he says, do you want Nick back or do you want him not to hurt? And Maddie turns around and walks away. Maddie, she's got quite the spine, don't you think? Maddie is becoming the Rick Grimes character in this show. She's... Yeah. Pretty tough. Travis is not. Well, then we go to Travis talking to the commander. What yeah. would you call him? Lieutenant commander? Um, <clears throat> he's like a first or second lieutenant. A he's, lieutenant. Yeah, he's just okay. a... Yeah. And he's saying that the soldiers there are just kids and they want to go home to their mama, too. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't need people causing trouble. Yeah, but everything that comes out of his mouth is suspect. I mean, oh, absolutely it is. He doesn't have anybody's best interest at heart. Well, except his own. And, and I mean, I, I I don't know if that's true. He may have the best interest of his guys maybe. at heart. But certainly not of the people in there. No, yes. Yeah, the, the people he has no interest in. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, they were painting skulls on a vehicle. Well, what was that? 
Did you know they said that there's 83 skulls on the vehicle? Yeah, there was that's that, how many zombies. How many zombies? Oh, that's what doing. I thought. Okay, me yeah. too, but I wasn't sure if that's what that was or not. Travis says um, that if the ones they took don't come home soon, that there's going to have more than just him to worry about and him out there questioning them. And the commander thinks he's threatening them, or right. the yeah. lieutenant thinks he's threatening him. And Travis says he's just really being helpful to him. He's trying to let him know what's going to happen. Well, now, it is appropriate to call the lieutenant a commander because he is the commanding officer. Okay. So, by definition, he is the, the okay, on-scene commander. So well, you're, good, because I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I've got it listed in here. Yeah. But uh. they start calling the, uh, again. It's like, But it's mocking how they're calling Travis Mr. Mayor. And they're yeah. saying that he wants to go downtown, and the commander's going to make some guys go with him. Yep. The men don't want to go, but the commander gives him a handkerchief. Was he telling him, go cry or something? And he says to, you know, like, share it. I've only got one or something. Y'all go cry to somebody else. I, I don't know. I, mean, I thought maybe it was maybe representative of a white flag for whatever reason. Oh, okay. I thought it was just know. being a smart aleck. Maybe. Telling him to go cry here. I've only got one of these. Share it with everybody I have, or something. I, I have no idea. Okay. But anyway, he pushes him and tells him that he's going to have to go ahead and go. The guys said that they've been up like 50 hours or something, and I think they kind of know what they're going toward, you know, and yeah. they don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. So still, even though they're talking like everything's okay and just hang out here inside this place and everything's going to be good, even though they're still laying that on thick to the people in there, there's some rough stuff going on outside those walls and these guys know about it right right because they've got the walkie-talkies well stuff, yeah and they're, and they're and they're hooked up to you know the bigger the bigger force well and they just went up there and killed the guy on the hill too and we you know i keep wanting to forget that then we see hector talking to the bound soldier do we know his name i don't know what to call him uh we see hector talking to him and telling him that ophelia doesn't want him hurt he's undressing hector does he's taking his shirt off which was kind of Menacing. Yeah, well, it's a, that's a psychological thing for them. And he's opening up his straight razor, a little pack of straight yeah. razors and torture yeah. equipment, opening it slowly and all that. So I the love guy's Hector. Gonna Hector's my hero. The man says he's not going to hold anything back. He's an open book. He's telling him he'll tell him anything he wants. He's already telling him all that kind of stuff. And Hector says he knows. Yeah. So. Um, then we go to the soldiers, and they're taking Travis downtown. That's all we know. It's downtown. They can't understand why Travis wants to go for a woman that isn't his wife, an old woman that isn't his mother, and a boy that isn't his son. Yeah, those, sensitive, <laughs> those soldiers didn't attend any sensitivity training that we had in the... Uh, Is that what it was? No. They missed out? They yeah. Were, they were sick that day? Yeah. A soldier on the roof stops them by banging on the roof, and they get out to kill a walker. Why would they do that? Is it just because they, at this point, they think they're going to clear every walker, right? Um, because the walker was know. contained. Maybe Remember inside increase, the building? Yeah, to increase their count. I don't know. Okay. They tell Travis to do it. And that's, see, I don't. I think that's not very realistic. I, I don't think they'd let Travis anywhere near uh, a weapon, even if they're all standing around and it's mounted on the, on the, uh, on a tripod on the hood of the. Even if Travis Humvee, is on their side. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they're going to let a civilian say, "Hey, take a shot at this." I don't, I don't think it works that way. Okay. I don't think that would have that would have occurred. But Travis revolts anyway, and they ask if Travis is a conscientious objector. 
that was kind of a harsh thing, didn't you think? Well, I mean, it's just not very realistic. I mean, it's just Travis just doesn't have the stomach for it. Well, the commander asked if Travis thinks this walker is human because if she is, then they're just a bunch of murderers. That's right. what he says to Travis. The other soldier offers to do it for Travis, but the commander insists that Travis do it, and so they all stand around him, and they try to give him pointers and all that. And you can see through the scope, it's a waitress, right, in this, like, little diner or something. It's just kind of walking back and forth. And Travis looked like he might go through with it until he saw her name tag. That's all. On her name tag was Kimberly, and so this girl had a name, and he just couldn't do it. The commander says that's what he thought, and he just blows her brains out, and they jump back in the car and go on about their trip. But to do that, they had to actually open up the diner. It, they shot through the glass, and who knows if there's somebody else in the back of it or whatever. If she were contained inside the diner, that just seems yeah. like not a smart way to handle Right. Situation. Yeah, more like a recreational thing. Right. I mean, if you wanted to do it, drive down there and do it and then clear the place, make sure there's nobody else caught in there or something. I don't know. But then we go to a commercial. We come back from the commercial and they pull up and we see that it's like a local high school, right? That's where they're, that's their downtown headquarters area. And they've set up a hospital. We, they, we see inside and it's Liza and Dr. E and uh, they find a patient who has a bite mark on him, and there's radios, and they're telling them more wounded are on the way, and we hear lots of yelling and chaos on the radios going on. One of the evacuated areas has now turned, is what we hear. So anyway, we go back, and Hector's talking to the prisoner, the, and they're both covered with sweat. Hector's telling him a story about what happened to him when he was young. Um... He goes into a little story about how the man in the chair and the man with the blade are not different. And that both of their lives are changed forever. And then we, it scrolls down a little bit and we see Hector wiping blood from his straight razor. And this is where we get the title of the episode. Hector asks him what is cobalt. And he says um, that it's been said many times on the radio. So he knows it's important. Right. And then he takes the covering. He's got this covering on this guy's arm where he's got him tied up. And he's like skinning him, right? Mm -hmm. Skinning his arm. Yeah. And he goes into this really slow explanation of how the there's more nerves deep in the deep mm -hmm. layers of the skin and all that. And he says, what is cobalt? And the guy says he doesn't know. And then Hector starts to cut on him. I don't, I don't like, you know how I feel. I hate those kind of scenes. I don't like that. Then we go to Alicia, and she goes up to Chris, who's lying on a car, and tells him to get on her bike. She's on a bicycle. She wants to show him something. And she takes him to a rich person's house. And I'm not really sure what this whole scene was about. Yeah, they were they were just having a little uh, field trip, and it was very bizarre. It was weird. They were, you know, in the the abandoned house, wearing the people's clothes and playing with their toys, drinking their expensive liquor, and and and, and Alicia gets all glammed up, and Chris ends up in a tux right at the yeah, end. Yeah, then they started destroying the place. Yeah. Um, 
But the soldiers come back to Nick's cage and they take him because he has a fever. They're going right. around checking everybody's fever. Yeah. Uh, people with fevers go downstairs. The negotiator, who was tormenting Doug, offers cufflinks to the guy in charge there to bring Nick back, saying Nick isn't sick. The soldier says no refunds if he turns and brings Nick back and throws him inside. And so this guy, for whatever reason, has... I don't know if it saved Nick, but certainly saved him from the... The basement. What What's in the basement? Do we know? I guess just a bunch of people you don't Who want to be around. Sick, yeah. right. Back at the building where Travis is, where he's outside, where all that chaos had went on, the soldiers come out. The soldiers had went into that... Um, evacuated area. Remember? Just a little bit ago, you're looking at me funny. But the soldiers had went into that evacuated area, and the soldiers come out, and they throw a grenade back at the doorway. Um, one of the soldiers didn't make it back, and they give up on the mission, and the guys start saying that they want to go home, and that's their new mission to them. They're done. Then we go back to the home area, the containment area, and Ophelia is screaming. She runs out of Susan's house as Maddie goes in and she sees Hector coming upstairs with a bowl of blood. Hector's talking about how he talked to Ophelia about the war and he told her when she was nine years old and all that. And he's like, it's almost like he's talking about, talking about what he's told Ophelia about it's like it's all bringing back, it's almost like what he's doing now is bringing back everything that he's been through in his past. Did you get that? Yeah, he's been involved in interrogations before. But he said that he had told her about it when he was nine, but he didn't tell her uh, which man was him. That's what he didn't tell her before. He didn't tell her that he was the bad guy. So we're starting to, we're just or now. Or a good guy, depending on how you look at it. Well, we're just now getting getting this. He was the interrogator in place of the interrogatee, which is how he's made it sound, I think, up to this point, right? Right. And he wants to know if she'll understand that it was necessary then and it's necessary now. And he's kind of bringing it up to Maddie, but it's almost like he just is thinking aloud. And the only question Maddie has for him is if the soldier told him what they needed to know. She doesn't ask him anything else. She doesn't care. I mean, she cares, but... No, I like that about Maddie, too. It's, uh, that's really... Uh, um, that's efficient thinking. You don't have time to worry about what happened to the soldier or what didn't happen to the soldier. Did they find Because the soldier's not on their team. Maddie's figured that out. The soldiers are not on their side. So who cares what he had to endure? Who cares what happened to him as long as he told Hector, who is on her side, what they wanted to know. That's what's most important to her. And the next step is to get their loved ones back. So Maddie also, stock goes way up. People who can do the things that are required, unlike Travis, have value. If they show Travis being alive then he's going to have to have a different attitude. I mean, in The Walking Dead, the only person we saw like that was Father Gabriel. Well, you hope he might be one of these figures that they just want to have around for everybody to, you know, to hate. Or maybe for somebody who feels like that to have their their sympathetic character. Or maybe just lunch for a couple of zombies. I mean, he's going to serve some purpose for sure. 
Well, Liz sneaks away to the cage room and then to another part of the school that's all locked up. And she kind of had seen Nick and sees that Nick is in there and he's okay. And then she sees Griselda. And Dr. E is kind of upset with her that she's down there looking around. And she says Liza should have trusted her. But that Griselda has septic shock. And sometimes all that they can do is not enough. Um, then we go back to Alicia and Chris. And they're looking at the Rich family's pictures. Wearing their clothes. And Alicia's wondering what happened to them. But Chris says he doesn't wonder. Alicia points out that they were real people who had a whole life. And then Chris just throws the photo to the ground. And Alicia drinks the last of the champagne bottle and throws the bottle. And they start ransacking the house. What did you think of that? It's very disgusting to me. We watch um, Last Man on Earth. Well, it's too. what the capacity uh, of human beings in a situation like that. What, what they have the capacity to do, and what I mean, really, society is is close to that every day, and the only thing that keeps that from happening on a large scale is this thin little veil of of order that we have, and then once that is pierced or taken away for a, 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 obviously a little short amount of time, as we see demonstrated on this television show. That's I think that's the capacity of human beings. I think I think uh, you know you, you and I watched a movie the other night about a girl hiking and running into hikers who you know they're there's not even a post apocalyptic situation. They're out, out in the woods together. It's and, just an opportunistic yeah, situation. Yeah. And these guys are are uh, you know making real lewd you know they're they're being lewd because they can get away with it. I think that uh, some humans will be will get away with what they can get away with. And they just they just uh, built that way. Well, it's disgusting, and it disgusts me to see this. Even when it's put forth, it wasn't in this show, but like in Last Man on Earth, which is a comedy, it's put forth in a comedic way, and there's nothing funny about it. Maybe it's just me. It's just not a funny thing to see people destroying things in any situation. I don't find it amusing. I don't find it anything other than sad and disgusting. Travis is walking down the street and he sees Ophelia sobbing in the road and uh, Travis runs into the house then and he's wanting to know if Maddie knew what Hector was going to do and he's telling her, tell me you didn't know because Ophelia's evidently told him what Hector did and what's what's went on in there. And that, that would be hard for Ophelia. I mean, she's lost her mother. She finds out her father was an interrogator. She... Um, her boyfriend, or the guy that she was at least using to get information about her mother, is the one, the nice guy is being interrogated. I don't know, it's just it's a bad situation for her. The soldiers talking to Hector, telling him all about the people turning and what they saw, how they couldn't tell the infected from the others and they couldn't get them all out, is what he's talking about. And then he says that they just locked them all in the arena and chained the door. So what he's essentially saying is they killed a bunch of people mm -hmm. because people were turning and they just closed the door on all of them. Right. Maddie runs downstairs and tells Hector to stop. Cobalt is the command code to initiate evacuation from the base. 
Well, yeah, and termination of, of the civilian population. Right. And Travis asks when Humane they... termination. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Travis asks when they leave, and they say, not them, just the military. And Travis says, what happens to the people? And this is where he says, cobalt contains procedures for the humane termination of... And he just won't even finish it. And Travis asks when it's supposed to happen at 0900 tomorrow. We go back to the negotiator. He's talking to Nick. And Nick wants to know why he bought him. Why he saved him. And he says that he's obligated him. And that's different than saving somebody. And he goes into the fact that they've returned to the old rules. But Nick says he can't be any help to him because he's an addict. And the, the negotiator says he's a heroin addict. Don't sell himself short. That's the gold standard. And he's going to need Nick's services because the soldiers are leaving. Then he shows Nick a key. Alicia and Chris are walking home. See the soldiers come down the road and realize they're not patrolling. And Alicia says something's wrong. Then we flash back to the hospital, the, what'd you call it, the uh, headquarters area, and Griselda's talking out of her head about curses and torches and ropes, and she says she knew who he was, and she loved who she loved. So, She's essentially... talking about Hector. Yeah, she knew everything, and I guess this is... Do you think it's like a deathbed confession, or do you think it's just... The thing that was on her mind at the last moments of her life? Probably or? the latter, yeah. But then, you know, she says if her penance is to be taken apart piece by piece, so be it. She loved him and she stood by him, I guess. And then she dies. And Dr. E is telling Liz that they all come back and, like we talked about earlier, they know this already. And she has a livestock pistol. And... Dr. E says we don't want her to turn, but Liza's is the one who takes the pistol and does it herself. And so I like that about her, don't you? I mean, that was her friend. It was her patient. It was somebody she had cared for and tried to save. And then she, was, she wanted to be the one to do the hard stuff. Traumatic brain injury is the only thing that stops it. That's what Dr. E says. Hector's walking outside and he sees all the military going by and he's going to the arena where the, that the soldier was that the captive was telling him about and he sees the doors bulge with walkers trying to break out when he gets about halfway up and it really makes you wonder how many people are inside this arena and what is going to happen assuming that they get out and it kind of freaks him out and that's it and then we see upcoming scenes from the finale. Had Hector not stepped up and used his old skills as an El Salvadorian interrogator to break this guy and get that information, they, they would not, they'd still be in the dark. So if you can't stomach that kind of stuff, do not get in the way of the people that can. Because those people now have value. And if you can't stomach something like that, you have none. I don't think Travis is at that point yet, though. I don't think that he realizes society is Society's at that point. Society's at that point. Travis isn't I don't at that think point. So, What I meant to say is I don't think Travis realizes society is at that point. So anyway, next week we have uh, the finale. It's over. No, isn't that stupid? It's too short. I know. It really is. It's called The Good Man. It's hard to believe the 
season finale. It's on us already. Can't mm -hmm. believe it's over. I mean, but can you believe it's been, you know, five weeks? Anyway, we hope that you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant. My Twitter is at Michelle from TN. Mike is still working on his Twitter name, I think, but... Um, I'm thinking about Mike. <laughs> good luck. You won't get that one. But he'll have one soon, and until then, he's just going to share mine if you'd like to get in contact with us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so subscribe to us and keep in touch. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And, of course, all this information is going to be on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. You'll likely find us overwhelmingly responsive as we really appreciate feedback. So, any other thoughts on Episode 5, Cobalt? Yes, my last note. Travis is an idiot. No Rick Grimes here. But I wonder, if, I mean, did, did Rick Grimes start out that way? No, but you knew he had the uh, capacity. I don't. I think we're going to see some capacity in Travis. I don't know that. We're, don't we're, we're, no, no. You, we, we, we're being shown their capacity, their propensities, every episode. Okay. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I think Travis is going to step up. I'll, I'll be really surprised if they don't have Travis step up and become Maddie, the Rick Grimes. Maddie is the Rick Grimes in this. In this, I mean, it's hard not to make comparisons because. You know, we watched The Walking Dead, and everybody loves The Walking Dead, and it's so many seasons of The Walking Dead, and this show is the prequel to The Walking Dead. So when you look at this show, you can't help but try to match up, you know, who's this this personality in this show, and 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 that kind of thing. But Maddie is the closest person I've found to a uh, a Rick Grimes. She was ready to knock the old Chinese lady's brains out with a ball peen hammer. Remember? Maddie was standing there. She's getting ready to put her out, put her down. Well, she was getting and, ready to do what she needed to right. do. Right, and of course Travis, no, you know, puppy eyes. Well, okay. some some people are more able to do the hard stuff sooner, but I still think there's hope for Travis. I think if Travis is going to be a part of the show, we're going to see a different Travis. I, that's what I think. I don't think he can stay the way he is and and survive even with the people around him. You don't see very many slackers. On The Walking Dead. The slackers don't make it. Well, I hope he can. And if That's he, what I think. If he can, then I'll change my opinion. But until he can, I'm a Travis hater. Okay. Yeah. So, until next time, the finale, the good man. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.